It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Loughton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Pikey and Lout Show. We're talking Taipans and the NBL Cup is behind us. Might not have been what the Cairns Taipans were hoping for, but they got through it, got through the four weeks in Melbourne, and as a reward, they get to head over to Perth this this week um, to take on the Wildcats. So we'll discuss all of that on this week's Talking Taipans. I'm Chris Pike, one half of the Pikey and Lau Show. The other half, one of the all-time greats of the Cairns Taipans, Alex Loudon. How do we find you this week? Mate, doing very well. Thank you very much. A uh, bit relieved to see the end of the, the NBL Cup. As exciting as it was so many highlights, like some pretty impressive athleticism. A lot mm. of people getting dunked on. I say a lot of maybe a lot of frustration from the players coming <laughs> out. They just uh, really excelled in terms of basketball. Um, but uh, obviously, yeah, with that done, now we we looked ahead to these uh, these next sort of twenty odd games. And gee, what can we reassemble from? I guess the carnage of the first half of the season it hasn't gone as as expected. But at some point, you've got to turn the page and, and pick up the pieces and and see what we can. Uh, Salvage. This episode of the Pikey and Lowes Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Statton's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care. Yeah, absolutely. Now, from a Taipan's perspective, they were 2-6 and six heading into the NBL Cup, and then they went 2-6 and six at the NBL Cup. So, coming out of it, we're now sitting at a 4-12 and 12 record, which doesn't look great, but in a season that's now going to go 36 matches, um, still have 20, 20 games to go, Laos. Um, do you see signs that there's still hope there? Do you think, Do you, I mean, if you're Mike Kelly right now, do you start to plan for the future or do you still try to salvage something from this season and still try to be shooting for, for finals this season? Well, I think um, in terms of this season, I, I think the, the chances of finals are, are pretty slim. So with that in mind, you've got to take stock of who's on like two-year contracts. What what are you building for the future? And, and we just had this discussion just off air coming into it. Um, you know, with Mojave King as such a young buck uh, with so much potential and upside, do you play him into confidence now and, and take the... Take the hits. I mean, he has been growing in confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, with the season kind of not going the way that um, you know the club sort of hoped, um, is it now a bit more of a rebuilding phase, as you mentioned? I, I think it. I think it is. I think it is. I mean, you know, if there's still a chance at you know getting on a tear and and cracking top, you know, four type of thing, but I, I just feel like that there's a just a piece missing in, in this team if they're really going to make it push deeper to the playoffs. And you know, right now it just seems like it's probably better to spend that time building up the confidence of these guys that are going to be around for a few a couple of years for sure uh, and, and get the, get those chemistries rolling and get the individual sort of players uh, humming along and, and then they might be in a better spot maybe to add an additional piece uh, if they're still rolling with two imports, um, the league. Uh, and But at least then they, they sort of have a bit of a plan in that regard. Yeah, I think you make a good point. And Mojave King, he seems to be the the hottest talking point surrounding the Taipans. And there's been a lot of people, probably especially Homicide Williams, that's been calling for him to just play, just play just play him no matter what, just just play, play him. But as we've talked about here, you couldn't play him the way he was playing in the 
in the first probably six or seven weeks because he hadn't earned the minutes. I mean, he'd been on the court and he'd been a little bit timid. He had, he wasn't shooting well. He had turned the ball over a little bit. So he hadn't earned the minutes. So I had no problem with him not getting the extra minutes. But the last two or three weeks, he's been playing much better and I think he's earned some extra minutes. So I'm more than happy for him to probably even, if he doesn't start, to be playing starters minutes moving forward because I think he's now earned it. And just one of the games last weekend, the game against New Zealand, um... He played 20 minutes. He had 12 points. But the plus-minus is what stood out to me. Just about everyone on the Taipans team was in minus. But when Mojave was on the floor, the Taipans were plus 17. So he must be doing something right. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I think, you know, athletically, he's, he's so gifted, um, you know, and he was able to get to the, the stripe, uh, you know, five for five uh, from from the stripe. So uh, he was just being aggressive. And, and you, you, said, you said that... You know, he didn't earn his minutes. We weren't saying, for our listeners' sake, we weren't saying he hasn't earned the minutes coming into the game. There, you know, he, you know, he won't get those minutes. It's when he was on the floor, he wasn't being aggressive uh, and taking those opportunities. So, as a coach looking at that, if someone's not being aggressive, you've got to pull them from the floor because you're trying to get the most aggressive, you know, mindsets coming into the game. And sure. he just wasn't. He just wasn't in that mindset at that at that time. In the preseason, he was. Um, and the, his confidence took a bit of a dive, and then coming into the season, it was it was just a bit a bit low, and and just wasn't able to produce and find that groove. I think I think he's settled into you know the the league now. I think he's settled into what he can do. We saw that awesome tuck mm. uh, coming down the lane, elevates off two, and throws it down with the, with the right hand. He just you know that that's the top of the square. His hand and the ball were, were at the top of the square, yeah. um, and you know, commentators are just <laughs> going nuts, uh, which is uh, just really impressive. Like, he's, he's got the tools in place more so than other players are going to have. Like, he's a gifted athlete. He is a gifted athlete. So now it's just connecting the dots, I guess, mentally for him. But now, does he does he play a lot more? I think I think absolutely. I, th- I think he needs to play more. And, um, you know, that, that'll just build his confidence up for every game. Absolutely. Let's have a chat about those last two NBL Cup games for the Taipans in Melbourne. And it started Wednesday night against the New Zealand Breakers. Now, we, we spoke on last week's show and we thought that this was a real chance of a, of a win, especially with the personnel problems at the Breakers. They didn't have Corey Webster in this game. Lamar Patterson was still missing. Rob Lowe was still missing. And as the game turned out, they really only played six players. But they, they got a lot out of those six players. They were 19 points up um, during the third quarter. So it was pretty poor, to be honest, by the Taipans to be in that position. But they responded. They gave themselves a chance. Some massive shots late. That Mirko Jerick three from, I think it was the menu log sign that's, you know, at least four metres out from the, from the three-point line. It was definitely from the car park. It was from the car park. <laughs> Absolutely. So that drew them level. They had all the momentum. But then they give up an offensive rebound after a good last possession. And, and Tom Abercrombie, that three was incredible. Sometimes you... You just have to tip your hat to a shot like that, but um, you probably don't let them get an op- off- offensive rebound in an ideal world. Well, I mean, look, you know that that was a tough, you know, play because I mean Oliver got a hand to it, right? So the yep, you yep. weren't you're sort of expecting a bit of a tap out somehow, like just something that was falling in place, and and Jerick sort of thought, oh, is it coming out? You know, as a only a couple feet away, so he's, he's his momentum's moving forward, thinking there'll be a bit of a uh, you know a, a tap down from Oliver. It's, it ends up being a, a big tap <laughs> heading way mm-hmm. over his head. Ivor Crombie just like he, he was sort of standing 
just around, and then all of a sudden he saw the ball and just, you know, took, uh, took a sprint for it. This is, you know, this is still heading out deep NBA three. But to be able to catch, turn, and fade away three ball, like, it's just, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And, and only a couple of days before, um, I happened to flick over my feed and see a, um, oh, on this day, back in 2015, the Taipans <laughs> had, you know, go down to a, a, a Hail Mary from from New Zealand in the grand final. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I didn't need to see this. That's right. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't the, need to see that. that. the Beckway one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, I was like, oh, that's it. I turned my phone off for then. I even threw it out the window. But anyway, um, then a few days and, later, and, then this then this game happens. And, and I was just like... And, and, and even even if we go back to 2011, he was grand final MVP of that, that first grand Tom, final he got no, to as well. <laughs> yeah, Tom. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, for him to hit that shot, it was just... It's it's such a heartbreak because, I mean, the, you know, the, the Taipans have just taken hits on the chin all, all sort of season. Uh, and it almost sums up the season a bit, doesn't it? Mm. I think it, you know, it's just like, oh my goodness, like what, what is this? You know, they they only played their six players. Um, they they would have battled pretty well to be able to, you know, to be able to get the win like that. It's pretty impressive. But without Corey Webster, I thought, oh, for sure, this is, um, you know, really good chance at a at a W. Yeah. But yeah, it's just. I mean, um, the the fight back was nice, but against a team that was so down on manpower, how do you end up nine, 19 points down? It, it shouldn't have been that way. It shouldn't have been that way anyway. Like, if yeah, it, it's just it, it's almost unacceptable, I guess. In in terms of you know, you, you've got to you've got to be able to make hay when when the sun shines, and and without those players for New Zealand, you know, you, you'd certainly be licking at your chops. So, look, I mean, Thomas Abercrombie just got going early, uh, and he's certainly you know gave the the Taipan guys a bit of a, a bath there with uh, obviously Noy and, and King guarding him. You know, a veteran guy's going to see that the chips are down with their, you know, lack of players that they had to go to. So, you know, he, he really put it on his shoulders uh, to get them going early. I mean, you're, you're right. The fight back was, was great. Um, and it's, you know, what, what they need, especially uh, led by Oliver, as you say. And, you know, it was just good to see that part of it. And, and still, we waited with bated breath right onto the end. <laughs> that was a massive sequence, though, wasn't it? That with the, uh, Jerick three. You thought yep. the game was was going to be heading into uh, overtime for sure, and then well, that, that them... was a really good defensive possession. They forced Ty Webster into a really tough shot. Yeah, did all the right things. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then it's just it's gut wrenching, isn't it? <laughs> mm. Should we move on to the next game? Yeah, Friday night, and then as we forecast last week, it was Ryan Brokoff's debut for the South East Melbourne Phoenix. They, they still weren't quite at full strength, so they didn't have Kiefer Sykes back yet. Um, Dane Pino didn't play, Adam Gibson didn't play, but they did get Brokoff back, and, gee, you kind of sensed that something was brewing when the very first possession that he stepped onto the floor, he knocked down a three. He didn't do a lot, though. He didn't play a huge amount of minutes, but Mitch Creek did. Mitch Creek was really tough to stop, and I guess he was the danger man going into it. From a Cairns point of view, they didn't really have somebody to be able to, to stop him. Machado really stepped up, Oliver stepped up, and they, they kept fighting. But again, it, it just takes so much energy when you're coming back from another 15-point deficit. It's really tough to, to keep that go, that momentum going when you just have to put so much energy into into just fighting back. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought I thought Glidden was really active uh, throughout yeah, the game. And, um, you know, he, he was shooting um, at, a, at a pretty good clip. Um, Sorry, Mitch, Mitch Creek shooting at a pretty good clip of three or five from three. Um, and, you know, just being aggressive, putting his head down. But, yeah, Glidden, mm. Glidden's still putting Glidden in points. Glidden was fantastic at both ends. His defense is really underrated, isn't it? Yeah, and, and he's he's really 
I thought he's been shy, especially at the start of his, his time at Melbourne, uh, South East Melbourne Phoenix. But I think he's kind of starting to really, you know, get a hold of his uh, position and and um, sort of assert himself defensively. And uh, yeah, they you know they they look pretty good. I mean, Brock, I thought he would be a bit dusty, um, blowing mm-hmm. off the cobwebs coming in. But obviously, when the when you connect on that first three, uh, mm-hmm. you kind of go, oh no, here we go. <laughs> yeah. But um, Look for for the type answer. Look, I just thought that you could see that the losses have started to wear wear down on them a bit, but they're still yeah. holding, still sort of holding to you know towards that that goal of just trying to you know get some W's on the board and, and get some mojo back. Uh, but it was it was sort of great to see um, Harvey Kings uh, still grow in his confidence. Yeah. Um, you know, and and Oliver Machado obviously leading from from the front as well. But they just need. Just missing that that stud player, aren't they? That that hole that DJ Newbill, you know, leaves mm-hmm. left behind. He he could he could put twenty twenty seven twenty nine points in a game and really yeah. turn it. He also need... hit the shots when they were at the most important times as well. He would hit the shot under the most pressure too. Yeah, and just just the ability. So so is that what is it? Just one missing puzzle piece. Do you think for this team, or, or is it with the, with a couple of injuries? Do you think that the, the Taipans have needed to fill, just get someone in uh, to re, to replace the injured players, just to fill in that, or is it the missing puzzle piece? Is it is it are they missing an Australian stud, uh, you know, a boomers player that can really um, you know complement Oliver and Machado in in Newbill's absence? Well, potentially. Um... Majuk Deng, I don't think we can underestimate how much he's being missed because he really was the third best player behind Oliver yep. and Machado. He was he was in career best form when he went down injured. I mean, anytime you take out eleven points and five rebounds out of your team, it's tough to replace. And he's just starting four man, and he's one of those guys that plays with great confidence. He he loves to shoot the ball, but we've also seen him have the ability to put it on the floor and to finish it at the, at the rack. He was but the one that probably it's, it's averaging it's averaging eleven and a half. So he's had some games at yeah. sixteen, eighteen. So he can he can turn the game. Like that's the yep. thing. Like if, if you're capable of, I don't care how many how you get it done. If if it's if it's Deng that's gone off for eighteen that, that gets the job done, then you know he's capable of doing that. You know yeah. they just need that that contributor that can that can go off like that uh, consistently. Uh, but yeah, for sure, Deng certainly missed. Yeah. So I mean, I think. I think he was the one that was going to be capable of stepping up to replace a lot of what DJ was providing already, but everyone lost an import. So, I mean, we can't just... I know how important DJ was, but there comes to a point where we just can't keep, I guess, blaming that on this season. So we had, we always knew that one of those players would have to go, and if you think about it, if there was no Cam Oliver or no Scott Machado, it would be a pretty massive hole as well. So it was always going to be a big hole, losing one of the three. So I think Majuk Deng was the one that was going to step up the most and he was stepping up so you take him out and all of a sudden I guess call it noise steps into that third role and you know he had that one big game and I think it was against Melbourne but he hasn't quite been able to find it consistently and and suddenly everyone has to go up in the pecking order so suddenly there's a lot more pressure on Moko Jerick as well and all of a sudden Fab Krislovic rather than playing the backup role is now the starting role he's doing a great job but yeah. there's a lot more you know pressure on, on him um, suddenly Mojave King steps on and I guess the team is looking at him to almost be the saviour rather than just being sort of a, another piece to the puzzle. So, I mean, there's no easy answer, but when a lot of other teams seem to be able to bring in an injury replacement, I don't know who the person would have been, but is that something the Taipans should have done or they might have considered when Majuk went down and it just didn't work out or was it up to players within the squad to step up? How, how do you see that, Laos? 
Well, it depends who's available. Like, yeah. and you know, even the Wildcats bringing in Tom Jervis, like that he was a player that was available. Um, mm-hmm. You know, is is a Alex Pledger around that's available? Is there a, yeah. is there someone that's that's hasn't played? And I'm, I'm not talking about myself at all. Like I, I'm saying, is there someone that's that's recently oh, retired? Well, was Alex not available? available. That's no, 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 no. It's not even. It's not even a yeah. Not even a joke. But um. <laughs> But like, it depends on who's available and what's what's actually at their disposal, um, you know, financially to bring them in. Would that guy have had to quarantine anyway? Like, mm. you know, there's a whole bunch of factors that come in. I, I'm guessing with the NBL Cup, it would have been pretty hard to fly someone in. They would have probably would have had to quarantine. It just would have been not possible. But you know, I, I do agree with you. It's probably you probably want to be replacing and having someone come in that can give you a hand. You know, just just someone that can. You know, chip in and give you give you options. Yeah, it, w- it would have been ideal, but like I said, it would have been pretty pretty hard to uh, actually execute to, to make it happen. Do we um do we know an update on Majuk? Do we know how much longer he might be out for? Uh, I know he's just been with the team. Like I I would have assumed he might have flown home just to start yeah. rehab and do all that sort of stuff. But um, I thought it was a six week um, sort of uh, time frame. Um, obviously, you would be rehabbing down there uh, with all uh, with all the equipment under a watchful eye, Cairns Turtle Physio, Tom Lowcock on the scene. Um, but otherwise, otherwise, you could have uh, flown home and you know gone to the clinics here. But yeah, um, I, I believe it was the six week. Um, well, we're probably at about the top. four week mark now, aren't we? Mm. And he's still travelling with the team, I guess, to to Perth and all that. So um, mm. it seems like he was still going to be with them for these these last few weeks and. Keep, keep cheering the guys on and hopefully being, you know, positive around the locker room and that kind of thing. Okay, Laos, why don't, why don't we take this chance to update our Cairns Total Physio MVP tracker now up until the end of the NBL Cup. So I'm actually enjoying this. Me. I've been enjoying this uh, this tracker it's, it's for good. Cairns Total yeah. Physio. It's got a, keeps Absolutely, a, I think it's a, a very, very good addition that we've added this year. Now, the New Zealand game. Now, thanks to our friends there at Cairnstone Physio who have provided these votes, Mojave King with the three, yep, Mirko yep. Jarek the two, yep. Cam Oliver the one. Yep, yeah, I think it's great. Uh, King coming up with the goods and, um, you know, certainly a huge contribution. So, yeah, I'm happy with that. And then against the Phoenix, um, Scott Machado the three, Cam Oliver the two, and Fab Krislovic. Nice to see him getting the recognition. He got the one vote. Yeah, absolutely, and he, and he's been uh, really boosting the guys effort wise, and and um, coming up in those votes as well. Uh, I know, I know, like a lot of these players, you know, it's going to be a two horse race between Oliver and Machado, but it's good to see which of the um, other players are really stepping up. So we're getting a good picture of who's been able to uh, contribute in a lot of these games. Yeah, we are. So on that leaderboard, thanks to Cam's total physio, you got Cam Oliver twenty six votes, Scott Machado twenty four. Next up, Moko Jerick on nine, Kuat Noy on eight, Fab Krislovic on eight, and then we've got Mahabe Kings now on five, Majuk Deng on five, Nate Jawa is on four, and Jared Kenny's on three. So it's a real chance for, for like you said, if you get some form going, you can be like Mahabe King and all of a sudden rise up that leaderboard pretty quickly. Absolutely, and Jerick at the third spot. That's uh, that's interesting. So, yeah. you know, he's he's been um, yeah, he's been able to contribute some really some really big moments uh, already in the season. Now, what did you think about the NBL Cup overall, Lows? It it felt like it was a pretty long month, but maybe that's just because I was 
I was working and wasn't able to enjoy it quite as much as a as a fan. In the end, the Perth Wildcats just keep keep winning. They they had they had their win sewn up by that last day, and then they they finish yeah. off with a twenty six point comeback against Adelaide to to cap it off. You know, so so Perth wins it. South East Melbourne ends up finishing finishing second. Brisbane Bullets finish third. What did you make of the the whole the whole thing? Well, I thought it was going to make and break a lot of teams, and I, I think it did. I mean, Bullets really shone through that um, that sort of phase there. They really found their groove, and you know, I thought they they looked they end up looking pretty good, which sort of surprised. In the way that Hodgson hasn't been playing, or the way he has been playing sort mm. of lately, um, he, he really, I thought he was more going into his shell these last couple of seasons, and I thought, oh no, he must be, I wonder if he's done, like, you know, like, because mm. players are coming up around him and, you know, going off to the NBA and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, but he's he's kind of really lifted a lot for the for the Bullets, and uh, South East Melbourne, the Phoenix were, have been a bit of a surprise sort of packet um, uh, to finish, you know, in that in this in that second spot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think for the Wildcats, Cotton's just just a, an assassin. He's just unstoppable, really. Like the way he he just he's got so much turn when he makes a move. He gets so much separation uh, and still gets his shot off and and just finishes at such a high clip. He's such a difference maker, um, and probably worth every penny of his two mil two year. Um, sorry, three year contract. Yep. So it's it's almost a bit boring, isn't it? Like the this, mm, the Wildcats <laughs> just keep keep winning, and it'll be. Uh, I'm sure you're happy on your the Perth po- uh, podcast that you do. That it's all smooth sailing for for your team over there in Perth. But um, but uh, certainly for everyone else watching, even even Cal Bruden commentating, he's mm. like, well, you know, back in the day, you used to not know who would win the grand final. Like it was so <laughs> hotly contested. Now it's now it's basically vanilla. It's always the same sort of couple of teams at the top. But look, I think for the NBA. Cup. It was pretty long. I missed a lot of games because it just happened so every every other day, right? Every second day there was games, games, games. So it's really hard as a fan that you know works a full time job to be able to keep track of it all. It's really just the, those that have the time on their hands that can you know soak it all up and watch every game. So I don't know. I, I don't know financially. It probably was a great thing for the league to have Victoria government give them all that money and and host the game so I'm sure that's mainly the main objective in um, you know just making something viable for the season because everything else is so up in the air Uh, I don't know if COVID was it was a necessity to have something I mean you could play a lot of games in Brisbane, Cairns, Perth you know it wasn't so much a COVID sort of um, lockdown quarantine thing although there's always a risk of um, mm. each of those states sort of closing borders and things. So yeah, I don't I don't know what the actual wash up is. I think for the actual basketball highlights that we saw coming out of it was pretty impressive. Um, there's some some pretty good contests, and I think the the level of play it almost uh, elevated a bit because um, you know the teams were just playing, playing, playing. So they yeah. you know the games got you know quite tactical, and the games you know were fast and and aggressive and um you know there was there was no time to you know rest on your laurels so so teams were coming at you and there's no time to rest because uh, you're playing the next team in a couple mm-hmm. of days so look maybe basketball's a basketball's the winner out of this like the, <laughs> the level of play was good to watch yeah uh, i think it's i think the fatigue on the players is pretty high though um, i think i think by this last week every everyone you spoke to was just crying out for it for to finish yeah they were cooks yeah so maybe two weeks too long um, Possibly, I think so. I think so. But you know, that was just the environment we were in when they set it up. There was, like you said, there was always the chance of a 
a COVID out- outbreak somewhere. So this was almost the security blanket, and yeah, and yeah, but and still plenty, and still plenty more, plenty more games to come for the home, you know, oh, for the home fans. Yeah. And we've still got seven, seven home games to go for the Taipans, so plenty yep. to look forward to still. And there's been plenty happening across the league since the NBA Cup this week too. We might not have had any games, Lars, but plenty for us to dissect. And I want to pick your brains about some of that shortly. But before we do, why don't we have a listen to what Mike Kelly and Cam Oliver had to say after the last game of the NBA Cup for the Taipans, and then we can offer our thoughts on that, and then we can can have a look forward to to moving on from the NBA Cup as well. Got a good fight back again. Um, but again, that first quarter uh, let you down or, or into the second term. Um, what was it behind that slow start? Was that, uh, was that more a slow start or was that more Phoenix shutting things down? Well, I think um, the first big difference between uh, our last game and this game was we came out with great energy and intent and they made some shots and we made some bad plays. We tried to go through bodies uh, that were vertical. Uh, we tried to go through bodies that were standing in front of us. So we, we made some mistakes, um, but the energy was really good in that first quarter from our group. Um, and uh, the energy went in the wrong direction at times. Uh, so we were down six. And, uh, but I was encouraged that how we were playing or what we were um, the intent with which we were playing. Obviously, um, no losses is good, but does that seeing the guys come out with that energy, with that intent, and the way they played in that second half, does that make it a little bit easier to take? Uh, not really. I think, um, you know, I expect great energy from the guys, and, and when it's not there from each of them, it's... Uh, it's a huge disappointment. So um, we're playing to win games, and the energy is shouldn't even be a thought. Um, so I expect that energy from them. Um, I'm happy when it's there, but uh, you know, energy comes first, and then then you got to play good basketball as well. And and uh, for a big portion of the night, we didn't play great basketball. We just played really hard, and uh, and that kept us in it. Just in terms of where the where the season is at now, do you still believe that this team can overcome the, the hurdle and make the finals, or is it becoming too far? Well, I think we can win our next game. Um, I thought coming in that we had a good shot at winning this game, and right now that's got to be the focus: uh, us playing with that great energy, but executing and uh, and playing good basketball as a group, and continuing to get better as the season goes on. Um, and I. I know anything could happen then. Um, you start winning games. Um, the belief is there. The confidence is there. And uh, things fall your way, and, and you get a little streak going. But it's, uh, you know, I'm silly enough to think that uh, that stuff's going to start happening this week coming up. Just on some of the performances, um, the man next year had, a, uh, had another pretty good night out. Scotty had another good night out. Um, what do you make of their contributions tonight and the way that they led the team? Well, I thought um, the energy that they brought was great. Um, I thought there was some things, you know, these, these two are leaders on our team, and 
for them to combine for 12 turnovers is we won't win like that. Um, so the energy is great. It's same, same because we go how Cam goes, we go how Scott goes, and when they play with great energy, their skills are amazing, and uh, and then they need to play great basketball as well, and take care of the ball, and talk on defense, and rebound the ball like Cam does. Um, and when we're doing that as a group, with these two leading, we'll get wins. Cam, you came under fire from um, some parts of the media in the last few weeks for. And there was suggesting that you, know, you didn't show enough care on defense. You've come out in the last two games with a bit more energy um, and, and really trying to. Is that, is that something that's played on your mind and, and fed your motivation? Um, yeah, I would think so. Um, I had reached out to the team as well um, during that time period and told them of my lack of effort and lack of defense, and it's not, it's not going unnoticeable. You know, and um, I actually talked to coach about it as well, and um, just told him that uh, I'm fighting my own personal battles. Um, I was actually battling with kind of sort of a flu symptoms during that time, so um, I had to kind of get over that as well. But um, I still trusted myself, and the team believed in me to come out there to give full effort, um, and that's what I should do every single time I go out there. But um, you know, everybody trusted me and believed me to do that. You know, and. Um, I just got to turn it around. It's the point of being a freshman basketball player. You know, you got to be consistent every single day, you know, and um, that's what I got to provide. Okay, that was that was Cam Oliver to finish with and Mike Kelly before that after the game against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix to close the NBL Cup for the Cairns Taipans. Thanks to the NBL for making that available. A couple of things that stood out to me. Let's start with Cam Oliver first, Laos. Were you surprised by... By his response there at the end and the troubles he's been going through and how personally he has been taking, I guess, some of the things that have been happening? Well, look, I mean, we, we, we've all got personal troubles and things and, and we, we've got to sort of, as best we can, check them at the door. Um, I, I know he's obviously missing his family and uh, I've just announced on, you know, the socials, we've got a third third kid oh, okay. uh, coming soon and um, I think, uh, you know, missing a family would be a huge, a huge factor in a lot of... Mm. You know, just just mentally going, oh man, this is all just possibly you know too much. But you know, he's a professional and still handle handles his business as best you know as he can. Obviously, with a bit of flu, is going to add amplify that sort of ability to to be mentally strong through all that. So, look, he he, he knows he's professional. He, he knows he's got the backing of his team, uh, and he knows that he had to lift from some of the habits that were creeping in and tackle that sort of that lazy nomenclature that was sort of going going around about you know his his defense so mm-hmm. he's uh you know pulled up his socks a bit i think the big thing for that game that coach kelly was talking about i mean the, the team had went for 21 turnovers and yeah. you know when we when we look at what needs to happen consistently that 11 to 13 sort of turnover range is, is 13 is the absolute maximum number of turnovers you can allow um, to, to if, if you think you're going to get wins, so you know for that 21 turnovers in that South East Melbourne Phoenix game, you know certainly way over the amount mm. uh, that's going to you know that's going to get it done. And and, and like Machado, Mike said, 12 of them were just between yeah, Machado and Oliver. Just yeah, time. yeah, yeah. So you know trying to find each other, trying to you know get things done, and just being a bit sloppy with it. Um, you got to really tighten that in. And if things aren't working, you've got to kind of 
you know, pull back and go, hang on, we, you know, we've got to, we've got to sharpen up here. Like, let's, let's try something else uh, rather than just trying to, um, you know, f- force the same looks and, and not coming up with, you know, sharp, sharp enough play. So, look, Mike Kelly's, you know, I- imploring his team to um, try and check as many boxes as possible and, you know, they're, they're trying, like they're, they are trying, and uh, but he, but he certainly is demanding a lot from his, um, you know, from his leaders, and and rightly so. You know, you, you've you've got to demand a lot from your leaders because they're capable of of delivering. So if they're you know falling short, he can call it how it is, and you know they'll they'll take that you know criticism, and then they'll try and be better next time. So in a season with very few wins, every every little thing amplifies as the problem. Oh, it was it was this, it was that. It's you know everything is a bit cumulative, um, unfortunately. So when you're winning, it it masks a lot of stuff. <laughs> it can mask poor sloppy play. Oh yeah, but we won by a few points. Yeah. All that stuff can be can be masked, but when you're losing, everything is under the microscope. Um, so you know we won't get caught up in too much about one it's a little stat, but certainly for Oliver, um, you know, just fronting the media like that. I think he's he's pretty honest. I think he was I think he was pretty good with how he's spoken. Um, you know, he, he knows he, he's got more in in the tank and, and hopefully can deliver his consistency like his his teammates are demanding. The question he was asked was sort of based around some of comments from outside outside sources. Now when when you're a player in the middle of your career and you get asked about do you care what critics are saying the answer is always no but now that you've finished your career did you ever take notice of that or did you just focus on what was said inside the bubble and what you were hearing from your coaches and teammates or did some of that other outside stuff sneak in sometimes uh outside no inside your own circle yeah heck yeah mm-hmm. like if 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 coaches are saying look i mean if teammates say it, heck yeah. If coaches are saying it, it's less so. But if if your teammate is saying you need to work harder, um, you go okay, bloody hell, like I, I better mm. put my socks. If your coaches say, look, you need to work harder, you kind of go, is that a, is that motivational sort of? Yeah. What's your yeah. angle? Like what's the you know that kind of thing? And you still it's you still um, uh, have a lot of you know respect for for who's delivering it if it's from the coaches of course but it just means so much more if your teammates are saying hey mate like you're letting us down here like i need you to move i need you to i need you to be there for me like i need you to be in help rotation and i need you to know that i need to know that you've got my back you know that kind of thing so if you're not delivering the energy the effort areas it's because it's not a skill right it's 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 the effort areas if you're not delivering effort then the teammates have every right to demand more of you as a player and that's that's the one that you respect that's the one that you go yep i'm with you i'm in this we're all in this let's do it if if someone on the outside is commentating um and has an opinion then it's like yeah whatever (laughs) like they have no credibility they have no credibility with me does that answer does that answer answers it it perfectly um as promised before we heard from from Mike, Mike and Cam. Um, it's been a pretty busy few days across the league since the NBL Cup finished. Let me let me just run through the list of some of the events and you can give your thoughts on whatever you feel like giving your thoughts on now. So yeah, yeah. towards the end, we saw Ryan Brokoff make his debut for the Phoenix, as we talked about. We saw That's Brandon Paul. Big for the league. Go, I'll yeah. just say one, two words, big for the league, or three words. Absolutely. Then Brandon Paul Four made words. his debut for the Adelaide 36ers and put up 25 points and he was impressive. And now, now since, we've seen... The, the Breakers released Lamar Patterson and they've signed a new import, Levi Randolph, and they've also signed Jeremy Kendall straight off being released by the 36ers to replace Corey Webster while he's injured. 
And now we've seen the Bullets sign Lamar Patterson straight away, um, and they've released Orlando Johnson. A lot, to, a lot to dissect there, but also some unfortunate news that, the, well, it's bad news for the South East Melbourne Phoenix. It's bad news in a lot of ways that it looks like Mitch Creek um, won't be available probably for the rest of the season given the legal troubles he's found himself in too, which he was just about in MVP form, so that's going to be tough. So they get the big, they get the positive news with Brokoff back, but they yeah. lose Creek at the same time. Yeah, it's a big blow for Phoenix, and we'll, you know, we'll take a wide berth of the actual details of this uh, mm-hmm. situation because obviously it's going to play out in the courts. But certainly for the Phoenix, um, you know, a massive blow to their uh, their chemistry, their makeup. Uh, and they'll have to find a, you know, they'll have to find a way to adjust, and um, who knows how long it could be out for. I think, you know, the the league's going to have to look at this and and figure out what their stance is as well, uh, and then yep. we'll wait and see uh, what comes of this. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we don't need to go into the details, but I would be amazed if he's allowed to play again until the actual court case is finished. So that's all we, I guess, need to say about that. Um, What's your quick thoughts on Lamar Patterson? We saw the one good game he played for the Breakers was when he led them to a win against the Taipans. But now he's probably landed back where he feels a lot more comfortable at the Bullets. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it looks like, you know, Orlando Johnson was just sort of a, a placeholder, I guess. I, th- I thought mm. he had some good moments, but obviously a, a cheaper a cheaper import. But they always wanted they always wanted Patterson. Is that what, you, is that what your, your thoughts were? Oh, I believe that? so. I think they wanted him to come back. And the only reason he went to the Breakers was because the Breakers offered him a, a better deal. Yeah, well, he, you know, he just doesn't come in shape. Like it's the commentators speak of it too, and he, you know, like he says that he plays himself into shape. Well, you're losing games early because you're not in mm-hmm. shape, and yep. what the teams need you to be serviceable order coming in so that you can get a good start. Like, and let's be honest, you become more injury prone if you're not in shape too. Well, you, you know, some players are able to throw their weight around, and he's one of them. He can actually move with you know with some weight on, and, and he's been doing it his whole career but at some point like actual fat is just dead weight and mm. you can also have heavy muscle which is dead weight if it's not explosive muscle then it's it can also be dead weight so yep. you've got to find uh your optimal sort of playing sort of weight and all that kind of stuff and i i you know you know it's not the way he's come in so new zealand would have been frustrated with that but you know he's he's an absolute gun with you know with the rock and can do some pretty amazing things uh, and obviously had a great season with the bullets uh, last last year so they were more than happy to you know get him up there and and say hey mate just just uh, do what you did last year and let's let's move a little bit further uh, into the promised land but at the same time you've got Sobe who's having a career you know his year and does this mess up his his uh, looks because yeah. Patterson will will absorb a lot of those looks a lot of those shots um, and, and, and Vic, Vic Law as well has probably taken a, a very similar role to what Patterson had been playing yeah, well, I mean, it could be could be some in-house sort of, you know, fighting for who's going to close the game. Uh, mm. Who do you put the ball in the hands of, you know? So they're going to have to balance that old um, uh, situation out. But, uh, yeah, we'll see We'll see how that sort of unravels. Obviously, Sobey's their leading uh, scorer and yep. um, uh, 24 a game and Vic mm. Law's 19. Uh, Hodgson's next and they're with 10. So, I mean, maybe they're looking for... If they lay if they lay it down with Patterson, say, "Hey, look, mate, we we just need you to give us, you know, fourteen to sixteen a game. We're going through Sobe and Law, and, and let him know that way. Then you can say, right, well, coaches, coach has, you know, this, this is what we're rolling with. This is the direction. If coach uh, doesn't say anything, 
and just sort of lets it play out, which sometimes, you know, Coach Lamanis has been criticised of doing that before, yeah. um, just bringing players in and let's see what unfolds, that can be detrimental because then players are going, well, you know, where's my, what's, where, where do I fit in? What am I yeah. doing? Yep. And, you know, if it's not, if there's not direction there, if there's not strong direction, it can f- fall into a big pile of poo. So it can be a, it can be a big old uh, you know soup a big bowl of soup if you're not careful. So um, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I think they're in a pretty good groove, but they're yeah. just trying to you know upgrade from that from Johnson's uh, um, skill set. Yeah, so we'll we'll watch how that unfolds. This episode of the Pikey and Lows Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life, and Statton's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care. We're here to talk about the Taipans, and it doesn't get any easier out of the NBL Cup, now. So the first no. game back is this Friday night over in Perth against the Wildcats, who are coming off winning the NBL Cup, and it's their first home game in, I think it's five or six weeks, so they're going to be pretty pumped up to put on a show. It's going to take some take some doing from the Taipans to, to spoil their party. Well, they've done it before. They have done it before, but they're also coming off some pretty impressive performances. Even though last year it was coming off a loss to the Hawks, you could tell that they were playing uh, some really good basketball. And going into that Perth game, they surprised Perth. This time around, um, they're coming off two games that perhaps should have been going the other way. Um, Coach Kelly spoke about the energy and the effort. Uh, He's saying sometimes it's clicking, sometimes it's, it's not. You... Sometimes the energy was there, but the the actual quality of hoops wasn't wasn't quite you know tasty enough for them. Mm. Um, so I'd, you know I'd like to say they're going to go in there with a wet sail, coming off some really good games, but we we know they're going to have to um, you know switch gears and and maybe getting out of maybe just getting out of dodge, getting out of the cup might mm-hmm. be enough for them to sort of reset. So you know we're we're hoping that they can put four good quarters together. Uh, and and really um, at least try and get the Wildcats napping a bit, thinking that they've got it all um, nice and easy. Um, you know, hopefully the the tight ends can can really put their best foot forward here. We know even if they get a big lead in the first half, don't do what Adelaide did and don't go to sleep at half time because you need to put this this Perth team away if you're going to beat them. Now, what has to go right? Is it? A, I don't think it's as simple as saying stop Bryce Cotton and you can beat them because I don't know if you can stop him. So you have to try to just. Just make life really tough for him. So who from the Taipans can make sure that Bryce has a really tough night? Well, look, I mean... Or is it a team seen, effort? Well, of, of course, it's a, you know, the team effort has to be there. But, I mean, even, you know, Jordan Nato has been, been guarding, uh, yeah. guarded Cotton the first time around. Like, and, yep. and to be honest, I mean, this is a six foot four. He's uh, like a bigger dude. He's not like, um, you know, Cotton's quite light and really springy, elastic. But I thought Nato wore him pretty well. Did you did you think he he worried him out of a, a couple of shots in that first uh, Perth game? Yeah, I agree. Ones? I think I think the best defenders that have done a decent job on Codden are those ones with a bit more length. I think Cam Glidden's got a pretty good history of doing it as, as well. So yeah, I absolutely think I'd be giving the job to to Nartai because I think Bryce. I mean, he's he's not tall. We we know he's got that spring in his legs, but he does sometimes get a little bit a bit put off by that longer defender. And I think Nartai's got. Well, no one's got the exact quickness to go with him, but he moves his feet pretty well. I think he can stay in front of him. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be absolutely giving the job to, to Nartai. Well, 
Well, you start off with obviously start off with Machado on him, and then you got Kenny to um, you know yeah. just yeah. rotate in. But then when you need to throw a different look at him, for sure, I think Nato is coming straight in, and you know you can afford to give up some fouls. You can afford mm-hmm. to get in his grill a bit. Just give him something different. I mean, I do think he's still going to get his numbers, so you do have to do a job on everyone else, and and that's where those effort areas come in: the box outs, the taking care of the little things, and that's where Cam Oliver can't go to sleep and be quote-unquote lazy yeah. on defense because they're the ones that his teammates, they're, you know, they're trying to hold down Cotton, but taking care of everything else, mm-hmm. that's, that's the part that this team's going to have to hang their hat on to get this win in Perth. Yeah, on a week like this where you have two, two road games, do you put your complete focus on this game in Perth first or do you have half a mind to the game against Sydney on Sunday or...? As a player, first of all, how do you how do you approach it? Well, it's funny in college the the coaches would actually let's say there was a double header on Saturday on Friday and Sunday let's say, um, and let's say we had training on during the week. Well, on Monday we hit up a tiny bit for the Sunday game, and we'd say right here's one of the looks for the Sunday game. Just put it in your back pocket, and you know we drill. Um, you know what the other team was running and that kind of thing and then on the so that was Monday and then on the like the Tuesday and Wednesday would be heavy focus for the Friday game so we'd actually in the week leading up we hit up a little bit of the the second game and then closer to the Friday game we would we would really focus in and lock in and really hammer that out um, in a sort of kind of second in terms of the week, but it's closer to the game. In NBL, they, they haven't done that that I've seen. Um, in the NBL, it's just been focus on the next game. So all your effort and energy just, just locking into just trying to get that one win. Um, so two different schools of thought. One one is you cover both games, the other you don't. Um, I think for players, you just want to focus on one thing. And maybe any good marketer would know that the one message is better than mixed <laughs> multiple messages. Yeah. So maybe college, they were trying to do too much. I reckon as a player, it's best just to focus on the, the game that's next ahead. And that way, you, you completely block out all this other stuff and can come into it. Players could forget which, which game... Uh, that that defensive strategy applied to you know you just kind of all these things come into it uh, and you're dealing with basketball players here so you've, you've got to keep things very simple and straightforward <laughs> so I reckon just the one game focus is uh, is key. So when you're when you're thinking about the game against the Kings on Sunday in Sydney, how much of the way you view that game will depend on how they perform on Friday in Perth? Um, so what, what are you trying to say? Like, will they, will they play well or because of how they played in Perth? Or what, well, what mean? I mean, is it hard to look ahead to, to the, how you think they'll go against Sydney without knowing how they play against Perth first first? Well, I think with this, I think with this, this year's team, yes. Um, yeah. because, uh, there's so many different factors come into it and it's been an up and down mentally draining season for them. So it'd be good to see them finish the Perth game with a spring in the step, and then you kind of go, okay, well, you know, they're they're on the move. But at the same time, they've they've pulled out a few surprise wins as well. Mm. Even the Sydney game before, um, you know, they they really took it to them and 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 got the W. So you kind of go, well, maybe maybe that comes into it. They've had, um, you know, a, a good showing against against Sydney, so they're going to have oh, that. Two, two, fresh two of the four wins mind. already. I have come against Sydney. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, first game of the season. Was that first game of the season? Did yep. I get that right? Yep. Yes. So, I mean, that, that you know, you think, all right, Sydney, okay, I've actually got a good feeling about this one. Like, mm-hmm. I've got good memories <laughs> of, of the, the games gone prior. So, yeah, they, that can, you know, it can it can make you um, 
just have that quick sort of flick of the switch kind of mental thinking that, that can put you in the right spot. I mean, you should be able to do that every game, right? Just flick the switch and all of a sudden you're in a good frame of mind. But it, it really comes from um, those repeated behaviors of, or the behaviors that have been successful. And sometimes uh, the win's the best, the best one to go off and um, yeah, it can really fuel your, your performance. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got those two games to look forward to. In Perth on Friday, in Sydney on Sunday, and then the following Sunday, back home. Back home in, in Cairns against the Adelaide 36ers. So we've got that to look forward to. Laos, but it's been a, another big show, plenty to get through. Um, there just seems to be never-ending topics for us to, to get through each and every week. So I hope everybody is enjoying listening to what we're giving you here on the Pikey and Laos show. I'm Chris Pike, and I'll sign off for another week and, and leave you with the great man himself, old Laos. Well, thanks for thanks for this. It's, a, it's always a tough one, but it, what you want to focus on now is is the individual players that are progressing. And for me, Fab Kristovic uh, really has filled some big shoes and starting and really really putting up some good numbers. And he's starting to to feel in the groove. I think Mojave King's starting to settle into what he can really be, and that's that's the exciting future for the club, uh, especially for for next year. So so those are the, you're looking for little wins, and if the whole team collectively uh, it's not quite getting the job done. I think there's still plenty of great basketball action. Well, you know, of what we can see from the players that are individually progressing, because uh, that's going to, you know, put the team in good stead for uh, certainly for next year. But you just want to see you want to see improvements and, and always moving forward. 